Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Tonight, I'd like to speak a little bit of a, about a miracle of Elisha that's very important for us at this time. Elisha, of course, followed Elijah. Elisha, of course, did double the miracles that Elijah did because he asked for the double blessing and got the double blessing, the double anointing. And we have a very interesting miracle that is shown to us in Second Kings 3, in that chapter where uh, Elisha is called upon to help um, for the deliverance, to seek you for deliverance of the armies of Israel and of Judah and of Edom uh, against the army of Moab. And it's a very interesting article, I mean a chapter, and I'm not going to go through the whole chapter because it's something that people should read. I'd like to explain a couple points about the miracle that are very important. First off, these kings, uh, what had happened is Ahab had died and uh, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of um, Israel, and he wouldn't pay the, this is in the days of Joram, the, um, he wouldn't, the king of Moab would not pay the duty or the, um, you know, he was, every year he was having to pay uh, a, a price of, um, it tells us in the scriptures there, he went down, let's see. It's in verse um, 4. It says, Now Misha, which means burdening or salvation, king of Moab, which means of his father, and uh, was a sheep breeder. And he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and one and the wool of 100,000 rams. That's a tremendous amount. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel so the king of Israel, Joram, went out of Samaria at that time and mustered all Israel. And then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And so the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, said yes. And he's considered to be a good king, even though he didn't take all the pagan idols down in his nation. Uh, he did uh, worship the Lord. So it's uh, said, what he did here is uh, Joseph at the king of Judah said, the king of Moab, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading backwards here. Uh, he says, and he said, I will go up and uh, because I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. So he's recognizing the tie between Judah and Israel. So the then he said, which way shall we go up? And the king of Israel says, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. And likely he did this because what he wanted was Edom was under the king of Judah at that time. 
So he was wanting the armies of the king of Edom to go with him. So this is a way of gathering them and having them come as well. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days. And there was no water for the army, nor the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has caused, has called these three kings together to deliver them hand to the hand of Moab. In other words, he's saying we're, we're here at the border of Moab, and we've got no water. And we're going to die of thirst. And our animals are going to die of thirst. Our men are going to die of thirst. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And it's interesting because he's basically putting it on the king of Israel. Because the king of Israel chose the path. And it was his battle. And they were here to help him. So he's asking him, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here? And Elijah at that time, it tells you in chapter 2 that he went to Samaria. So whether or not he's at uh, at where they're at or did the kings travel to see him, it's not real clear. Because it says, uh, is there anybody here? In a, and the um, so one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, uh, the son of Japhat. And Elisha means God is salvation, God the Savior, is salvation of my God. And the son of Shaphat means judge is here, who poured the water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now, Edom, of course, means red earth, you know, blood. Now, consider they're coming from the south and going northward to Moab. It's very important to understand because in that place, as you see, the River Jordan flows down um, and uh, flows down into the Dead Sea and so on. So everything's flowing downward, not upward. And uh, so Elisha answers in an interesting way. He's saying here, and Jehovah said, um, Jehovah, they, um, anyway, they went down to him. What I'm saying is the, the, the king of uh, Judah said, the word of the Lord is with him. He'd heard of him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. Now, pay attention to what he just said. That the king of Israel, or Judah, knew that the words, the word of God, the word of the Lord was with Elisha. They understood that the words of God had power, but they didn't keep the words. And they weren't loyal to the words. And they weren't loyal to God. But they understood those that were set apart by the word of God had great authority and power. Because they could enable the good works of God to be done as they asked them. That's what he says in John fifteen seven. If you walk in the way of the Lord and you abide in his words, what you desire will be done for you. But Elijah was asking, uh, answering the king of Israel. And, and then the king of Israel answered him and said, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. In other words, you know, clearly the Lord has gathered us here. We've, we've come, we've all come in agreement, and we're going to die of thirst. So it must be the Lord's work. Huh? And the Lord, Elisha said, basically saying no, because he says, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, See, when you stand before the Lord, it means you have the words of God. You're allowing him to, he's allowing you to stand. 
Surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you because he's like his father Ahab. But now bring me a musician. This is really important for us to understand why he would do this at this time. First off, he sees that Jehoshaphat was trying. He was doing better than the kings of the north. And Jehoshaphat had came because he said he was honoring the generations. Obviously, honoring my people are like your people and so on. And that's God's desire. But now bring me a musician. Now, please understand that at the end of times, this time we're at now is the time that God's going to gather all the tribes together. And that's what you're seeing here. All the tribes gathered together. And he's honoring that. He's looking at the end times. What is the musician? Go to Revelation 15, 1 to 4. And you see that when we have God understanding, when we've been set apart by the words, when we've overcome the beast kingdom, we will sit before, stand before the Lord with a harp in our hand. Revelation 15, 1 to 4, we'll sing the song of Moses. But it's saying here, he, he had that musician come. Because see, that is the song of the praise of the Lord. The things on the earth are going to be judged. But God's will has been done, and he's going to overthrow all of them. And that's likened to this time. So he brings this musician to play. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. You know, there's an interesting thing. I don't know if you know the the letters. I was looking at this today for somebody and um, trying to explain to them some things about Psalms 119 and so on. You could write uh, a whole book about the numbers of the Lord. The numbers, that, how he uses the Hebrew letters for numbers. You know, there's been many, many, many writings done on them, many thoughts. But there's lots of things that we don't look at it yet. And remember that Moses told us to number our days. When you number the days, you number them differently than you number the, the normal numbers, like 1 to 22 and so on. There's, there's a very interesting way about the numbers. and uh, For example, uh, you know, there's two ways of looking at them. There's a way of looking at them in the seasons and times, and there's a way of looking at them as straight numbers. And all of them have to do with the way of the words of the Lord, the ways of the spirits of God, because the seven spirits and work in the calendar works in that way. The first week is one way, and the second week's another way, but each time it's done in a way of the seven spirits, and a new moon is set apart by itself. So that's a different numbering system than just a starting off numbering one through, you know, 22, for example, or one through 29 or 30. And one of the letters that's really interesting, the 11th letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the cup, and it looks like a cup. You know, and, it, and what it looks like is people say it's the palm of the hand of God. And it's very interesting because it's the hidden power of God. See, God is in control of all particles, of everything in the heavens and everything in the earth that he put into the earth. He tells us in Isaiah fifty-one sixteen that he covered us with the palm of his hand while he um, planted the heavens. But he'd already put our, his words in our mouth. He did that at the beginning on day one. See, in day one, it's very interesting. Very first letter of the Bible is Bet. Very first letter of the Genesis 1-1 is Bet. And Bet is interesting because Bet is the second letter. It's the symbolic of the second spirit of God, which is wisdom. 
So the very first letter in the Bible is symbolic of wisdom and symbolic of the words of wisdom. It's also symbolic of two, which is dual. And it's symbolic of the heavens and the earth were created. What he's talking about is he prepared everything for the beginning of the end. Also, this, the, the, the future, the clean earth and so forth, it's all prepared. It's all ready. He did it from the beginning and it'll come forth in its appointed time. And that's what that's symbolically showing us. But Kav, the 11th letter, is means the hidden power of God. And if you look at Psalms 119, verse 11, you see something very interesting. It's talking about that he hides him, hides him in his hand. And Kav, the 11th letter, is also like symbolic of a palm of a hand. And it's also, if you look at it, it's turned, uh, you, you know, it's turned so that the cup pours out to the left. And to the left means the justice. If we will come to him, all that we desire be done for us because his law is just. His law is righteous. It's pouring from the righteousness to, to the left to pour out justice. That's the hidden power of God. He wants us to turn to righteousness. That's his will. So he's going to use this event here in Elijah, Elisha. He's going to use it for the benefit of showing us the ways that he controls all the particles and so on. It says that he he called on him and he said, by the hand of the Lord came upon him. And the hand of the Lord, he planted the heavens. What did he plant the heavens well, he planted the heavens, he put the stars, but he put the words of God up there for the purposes of the heavens for all the times. But he had to cover it with his hands because time had not started yet. He had not made the first man. So he's covering it with the palm of his hand while he planted the heavens so that all things would be started for the times. And that's when it happened at that because they rule over the day and the night. And this is what we're talking about. In the nighttime of the day of the Lord, he seals his judgment. He seals his instruction in the morning. He makes it known. And here we're going to see the same thing happen out in Second Kings 3. He says, and this is a, he says, here's what he says. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Go out and prepare. Prepare the way because God's going to fill it up. He said, make it full of this valley full of ditches. He says, where thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor shall you receive rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. There's not going to be any rain. People say, well, it rained south and it, and it flew north. No, God brought it out just like he brought it out of the rock. He's going to bring it out of the dry place they just went through, the road to Edom, and that road is going to be filled with water and it's going to run into this because the water is going to come from that way and it's going to fill the ditches. So that you, your cattle, your beasts, your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Please understand the Lord, we're coming up to the greatest tribulation in all time. And the Lord says he'll intervene, but not until we're sanctified, set apart, made holy by his words. John seventeen seventeen, John 2, John 2 uh, Joel 2, 12 to 20. Makes it very clear we, we're not listening. This is the message Elisha is showing us this way. Even in that day, God is always pointing to these times. And he's showing us there. He says also, 
You shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. What's that do? That brings a famine of his words on the land. When you do the ways of those works and only when God has instructed you to do so, then you will have the promise God wants because his word will go before you very strongly. As he says in Joel 2, 10 to 12, 10 to 11. He says, also, you shall attack every fortified city in every city and you shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now remember that. And so now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered. What is the grain offering? That means they do that at the rising of the dawn. Suddenly the water came by way of Edom. Because in the morning he seals his instruction in the night. And in the morning it's made known. When they made the offering, the grain offering. You know, the grain is symbolic of instruction of God. They're making an offering of it. And the water came by the way of Edom. And the land was filled up with water, pools of water. So what were Edom means red, earthy, and of blood by way of Edom. Now, this is very interesting. It means red, so forth. So what happens then? This is what's really cool. It says, then when all the Moabites... Heard and the land was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them, and all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered, they stood at the border. Then they rose up early in the morning, and the sun was shining on the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. It came from Edom, earthly blood. It came out of the earth. That's what I believe. It doesn't say it rained. God says you will not see rain. It just came. And it's and they said, this is blood. But the kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now therefore Moab to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites because they thought they were dead. They thought they'd be wounded, exhausted from fighting against each other. The three kings, the you know, the Edom and Judah and Israel, they didn't believe they'd get along. So they thought they'd be dead or wounded or worn out from the fighting. But instead, um, they the camp of Israel rose up, which camp of Israel means the three kings rose up and attacked the Moabites. And so that they fled before them and they entered the land, killing the Moabites. Then they destroyed the city and each man threw a stone on every good piece of land and filled it. And they stopped up all the springs of water and cut down all the good trees but they left the stones of Kerhasith, means the city of brick or the city of dried earth, intact. It's symbolic of what God had done, the miracle that he'd done. So, however, the slingers surrounded it and attacked it. And when the king of Moab saw the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through the king of Edom, but they could not. They tried to get the king of Edom to... to to go with him to try to come against Israel. But he didn't allow it. The king of Edom stood with Israel. He saw what God had done with the water. Then he took his eldest son, who had 
you know, who would have reigned in his place and offered him as a burnt offering on the wall. See, he worshiped, they worshiped the sun god. And the, the, no, the meaning of Moab, one of the meanings is the water of a father. In other words, the water is the nations, the multitudes, the languages, and the nations, the multitudes, the peoples, and the languages, Revelation seventeen fifteen. The water of a father. Their father is the devil. They're worshiping a sun god. So no miracle happened. And there was great indignation against Israel, so they departed from him and returned to their own land. They're worshiping the sun god in that place. It's it's a what I'm trying to point out is God shows this thing very interesting you know the people indignation against Israel God had done this great miracle but Israel was still doing the nation of Israel was still doing all their evil things as well so you can't tell here what is really saying is that the the Moabites left and returned to their people that's what it seems like I mean they fled and um, that that is clear but the um, the people um, understood that, see, this Moabite king had offered his gods to sun gods. And the people of Judah became upset in this because when they saw this, and he offered a, his son in desperation to a sun god, he tried to get the people of Edom. But Judah left. When Judah left, they all left. Because Judah saw, it seems clearly, indignation against Israel. They saw that they were worshiping pagan deities too. And they could see why Elisha was so disgusted, the king of Israel. And he said he wouldn't do it except for Jehoshaphat. So this was done for God to show them a testimony. And you know what the ending of this was? The ending was that God showed the people that the Israelites were walking against him, walking in pagan deities, doing evil, and they they separated. And it brought the fear of God. See, God caused a separation judgment of his own people as well. Because what God did here is the same thing he's going to do at this time. He's bringing a judgment on all the people. All of us are going to be judged. Not only are the people of the world that's bringing this war, they're going to get terrible plagues. They're going to be killed, much like these Moabites were killed. And the, the Moabites lost all their destruction of their property, just like the people of Egypt. And the Lord said in this day, we won't even remember the plagues of Egypt because the plagues at this time are going to be bad. Do not think that we're going to escape the destruction of our properties. Because the Lord is telling us that's going to happen to us. We're going to go bankrupt. We're going to go do all these things. And the only thing we're going to have is relying on God. And we've got to separate ourselves. As the Lord says he's going to do, the parable of ten virgins, he's going to separate those who will not hear. And like he says in Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, there's going to be many who prophesied in his name, many who healed people in his name, many who uh, did many miracles in his name. <clears throat> But he's going to say, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. In other words, there's going to be a separation judgment. The war is going to come, but then there's going to be a separation of the complacent ones. God is going to separate his people as well. This is a very much a picture of what's going to happen now. The war is coming. God's going to give deliverance, but he's going to cause 
those of his own people who have not heard and would not set themselves apart and would not cry out for him, would not cry out for the king to come, would not listen to the truth of what the scripture says about this time in the Lord's reigning and that we should put an end to sin. He's going to separate the wise and unwise virgins. Please understand what we're seeing here is the fact that the Lord provided the water. So it's like water from nowhere, but this is water from the Lord. And the water of the Lord, the way of water, the word water, is that it brings forth correction. It's like a cup of cold correction. So what happened at the end of the story in Second Kings 3 is that even those that drank the water, the people from Edom, from Israel, and from Judah, got correction. Because then they got indignation against Israel because they saw that they were there fighting for Israel in this thing, that these people were being made to pay a price to Israel. But Israel also, like they saw this king sacrifice his son to the sun gods, but the exact same thing, this kind of thing of worshiping pagan deities was happening in Israel. So the people got indignation against Israel and they all went home. So Israel and Judah and and. Uh, Edom went home. Even the people of Israel went home. They worshiped. I mean, what's showing here is Elijah enabled through the Lord by him speaking this. The Lord used this event to show them correction in a dry place because that's what they are. They're without the Spirit of God. They're, they're, they don't have, even in Israel, they did not have the, the you know, God there. You know, the people, God had promised to keep the people if they would turn, but he kept giving them example, example like this one. This is a marvelous example of the miracle of the water, which provides the water of correction. You can give a cup of cold water to somebody, you're giving them a cup of correction. And here it is in this, and this is a marvelous work. And what happened? You see what the water did. It caused these people to see that they sinned, the indignation against Israel, the sins of them worshiping the pagan idols themselves. So they all went home. And that's the miracle of the water that came from nowhere. It's really the miracle of the water of correction poured out from the Lord for these people. And it came from the south, the way of the blessing. And it was going to the north, way of the world. And these people of Israel was just like these people in Moab. They're not any different in God's eyes. You know, it's easy for him to destroy the, the Moabites. But he was, by mercy, leaving Israel giving them an opportunity after opportunity to turn. Trouble is, we're now coming to the separation judgment, and we have to turn now. That's our problem. I thank you. I pray that this will help you tonight to see that, that miracle and consider it deeply, because we're in that day again, all over again, much more seriously. And we haven't done what it says to do in Joel 2, 12 to 20. So Elijah and Elisha must be looking down and disgusted at us for we don't deserve what, what Michael is here to do for us and what the Lord has given authority to be done for us. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.